In this pandemic, one of the things that has pained me is the overblown attention given to the vocal minority of pastors who are railing for the right to defy health department safety directives and gather for in-person worship. And we just had over 1,200 California pastors declaring they'll hold in-person services next week for Pentecost. Now, what we haven't had are headlines about us. Like, what about the vast majority, thousands upon thousands more clergy and congregations doing everything in our power to keep each other safe? Where are the headlines about the bishops across denominations in a state that opened very early? The bishops committing to refrain from in-person worship until the health department deemed it safe. And I grieve over how as a result of these in-person worship protests, some congregations have suffered terribly from or are dealing with outbreaks of COVID-19. And just this week, cases are erupting up north in a congregation that defied our state orders and held a Mother's Day service with 180 people. Now, I agree, big picture, that our lives in Christ are essential. But they're essential in the existential realm, not in terms of health department definitions of essential services. I mean, think about it. We're together right now having an essential service, a worship service. And we are gathering and worshiping together as one body in Christ. And we're lifting our hearts and in song as we just did, in prayer and praise. We've been hearing and we're now pondering the word of God. Bishop Taylor told clergy this week that we shouldn't be thinking about this form of worship as virtual. And he's right, because virtual means a reflection or imitation of the real. This isn't partial worship. This isn't fake or imitation worship. This online worship is real. And we know that. We feel that week in and week out. We may not be able to gather physically yet. And we may not be able to have communion as we used to for a while, but we are together all at the same time. You are seeing me right now. You're hearing me right now. And I know you're there. There's even a little number on our screen that tells me how many of you are out there. And a lot of us are going to see each other after this service on Zoom. So we are one body, united with Christ, with God, even like this. Just as Christ is one with God, who he calls the Father, we too are one here and now. And this is in part what Jesus prays for in today's gospel. Jesus prays for this remarkable oneness of God, of himself, and of us with them, and of us with each other. Jesus is praying for an intimacy with God and among all of us. And this prayer came after Jesus had given his instructions to the disciples. He had done what we now call the farewell discourse. It was right before he's, he was betrayed and crucified. It was right before his death, resurrection, and ascension. And he had told the disciples he will be leaving. He told them basically that their relationship with that, with him, the relationship in the form they'd known it 
being with him in his earthly ministry, that relationship was about to be ruptured and reborn. And I'm guessing some of them were scared. Some of them likely in denial. Some befuddled by all that Jesus had told them. He is the way. I am the true vine. You will, I will experience hate and you will too. And now, in today's gospel reading, they're hearing Jesus pray for them. And Jesus' prayer for them is the same prayer that Jesus prays for us. It's a prayer for an intimate relationship with us that is as intimate as the relationship he has with God. Jesus prays that we too become one with each other. And we often conceive of God as like up there or beyond or transcendent. And we often think of prayer as a one-way boulevard, or maybe I do because we live in L.A. with these multi-lane boulevards. And all our little prayer cars are chugging up this one way and all their various levels of functionality headed up to God. And yet here in today's gospel, we get a glimpse that this boulevard actually goes two ways. And what comes back to us is not a string of those like car carrier trucks with sparkly all fixed prayer cards. What's coming back to us is pure God herself for himself. What's coming back in Jesus's prayer is the gift of the knowledge of his presence, of an eternal relationship with him and with God. This gift of the knowledge of his presence is a presence that's felt in our relationship with one another. Here this morning, our relationships with our friends and our families, our neighbors, our coworkers, our community. And I don't know about you, but the awareness or even thought that Jesus is praying for me and for us is a bit mind-blowing. Jesus prays for us. He says, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. This is an incredible prayer and an incredible gift. And if you look and read back in the, this passage, you'll see the word given over and over and over again. And this is what we're called to as Christians, to enter into this gift and this relationship gifted to us. And it's a gift that we get whether or not we act on it. And this relationship, this gift is all about knowingness, about knowing God, knowing the glory of God, knowing how God is revealed and present in the world. And in God, John's gospel, just the word to know God doesn't mean something intellectual or some cognitive construction. And knowing does not mean assenting to certain things in the creed or anything specified, any specified knowledge of God. Knowing in John's gospel is synonymous with being in relationship with God. So Jesus in his life and ministry as it culminates 
in this prayer and will culminate in and beyond in uh, his death and resurrection and ultimate ascension to God. In doing this, Jesus closes the gap between us and God. And that's incredibly good news. And that relationship that knowing God, Jesus says, is the very definition of eternal life. This is how we glorify God to love God as God loves us, to enter into eternal life, an eternal life that is both here now in part and eternal life that will come in the hereafter. To know God is eternal life. To be in relationship with God is eternal life. So in worship, whatever its form, in our prayers, in our homes, our work, in our lives. We are to be in relationship with God, however life plays out, whether it's playing out in ways that we want or don't want. So let us welcome Jesus's prayer today for us. And perhaps we too may join with Jesus and pray, Holy God, protect us in your name so that we may be one as you and your Son are one. Amen.